0: Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Commissario Tequila, the official tequila of the JT The Brick Show.
1: It's time for JT The Brick. JT, the man, the myth, the legend. It's amazing some of the dummies that follow me. I don't know. No one knows. Whenever we crack a microphone, we're one of 32 NFL teams with the flagship station. I expect everyone to talk about the Raiders every day when I have a Raiders topic. I talk sports for a living. I don't do clown radio. We do sports. Stick to sports? Yeah, I kind of believe in sports. Sticking to sports normally works. People are going to go and buy tickets to come into our building because it's the best time in all of football. Now I got your attention.
0: JT The
1: Brick. I don't want to hear about the work in progress. Got to win this game. That is bleeping real right now. Everybody gets the full playbook. You run the playbook faster. The plays get in and out of the huddle quicker. And you run the plays like you ran in Henderson. And you run them to perfection in the game. Do we all agree? Fair enough? Woo! And now... It's Captain Obvious crap.
0: Here's JT the Brick.
1: Welcome back. Hour number two of the show. Uh, Thanks to everybody who was on our YouTube stream We did an hour on YouTube because we got a couple of guests this hour and trying to figure out actually how to get the guest into the YouTube stream and all that, but I'm trying to do this to get everybody to watch our monologue every day at the top of each hour, and thanks for everybody who's listening here, our proud partners who are supporting us coming up, including Tequila Commissario, one of our proud partners that will be with us all week from Radio Row. Got some good announcements coming up on what we're going to do. And this is the end of a long season, which started for most of us here in Vegas covering the Raiders. We cover it year-round, but we really started heavy preseason. The preseason, I called four preseason games, three or four. How many preseason games did we have? I think we had four, but I'm thinking three. I'm not sure because my mind is fried from doing all this. We did a whole year of the Raiders roundtable. I did a whole year of the coach interview with Josh McDaniels half the year, AP the other half. I was blessed to do a whole year with Eric Allen on Raiders uh, press conference live every Monday, and now we're going to wrap up our coverage at the Super Bowl. So that's August to February. Take a little bit of a break here and there. Harry Ruiz is going to be in for me this Friday, and then we're going to gear up for what our off season is, which is going to be the Combine and the coverage of the Combine, free agency, and what the Raiders do. And then we're waiting on breaking news when the Raiders decide that they're going to go out. And jump on in and go get an offensive coordinator. That could happen at any time. That could happen at any time. And I thought it happened by now. I mean, I think it's time to pull the trigger. But I'm not pulling the trigger. Raider 66 before Dave Gosher joins us. What's happening, my friend?
2: Hey, not much, A.T. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead.
2: Good. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't have anybody I can root for in this game. Because I, I despise, I loathe both teams. The 49ers, I remember... The first game ever, preseason game in 1967, both sides wanted to host the game and they couldn't decide who's going to do it. So they were going to flip a coin. They said, okay, you come over here, flip the coin. No, you could. Neither side wanted to go to the others to flip the coin. They had to meet in Treasure Island in the middle of the bay. Then they said, okay, who's going to call the flip? Uh, no, we have to put the captain's names in a hat, draw out a name to see who is going to call the coin flip. That is how much distrust. And animosity these guys have had since the beginning. Mm. The 49ers looked down on the Raiders. They thought they were second class citizens. The American League, they didn't. The, the Raiders, uh, when they when they went together to uh, community events, the 49ers would always look down on them, and Jim Otto just wanted to punch them in the face. So, can't root for them so much. Kansas City obviously sucks. You got the the, uh, the trophy for the championship of the AFC is named after Lamar Hunt for crying out loud. So they are entitled, spoiled breaths. But I'm with you. I don't like dynasties unless it's my team. And the Raiders have been involved in dynasties several times through the years. We were the ones who stopped the Dolphins dynasty. They had been in three straight Super Bowls, One, two. We knocked them off in the Sea of Hands game. We have had two dynasties begin with us on stupid fluke Mm plays, the Immaculate Deception and the Tuck Rule. And we have also uh, knocked out the dynasty of the Steelers. They won two in a row. We won in 76, went on a championship. People are talking about Andy Reid. If he wins this game, he may retire, and Bill Belichick will take over the Chiefs. Do not believe it. If he wins this game, and they better not, mm. um, he is going for three in a row. You know in the 100-plus year history of the NFL, that has only been done two times. Once by the Green Bay Packers from 29 to 31, and they didn't have a championship game. It was just if you had the best record, you won the championship. And the second time, the Raiders were on the downside of that. When Vince Lombardi won Super Bowl two. he won his third straight. So this would be history. So I don't see him walking away. My thing is, in rooting for the, a winner of this game, mm. I want it to be such a devastating loss to the losers that they, their heart is ripped out, stepped wow. on by cleats. And maybe a big a big comeback like the Atlanta Falcon game. Maybe a last second field goal after something that is going to devastate the loser. And Ooh. the only thing that's going to make me somewhat happy.
1: Wow! Thanks for the call, for Raider sixty six. Wants pure devastation. Wants absolute devastation uh, going forward for the loser of the game. Very interesting. He's so good. He's our Raider historian, along with Raider Mort, who I frequently talk to, and. What I like what he said there is that the Raiders' losses started two dynasties. He's right. The Immaculate Deception started the dynasty of the Steelers in a game that the Raiders won. Maybe the Steelers don't have any Super Bowls. Well, the Steelers don't get rolling. That's a very good point, and we all know that happened to the Tuck Rule. As Brady went on via the Tuck Rule to win his first of seven Super Bowls, and that's one he shouldn't have had. That's not one he should have had. And it started a dynasty there. Very well thought out, no doubt about that. Well, wow. Raiders' history is incredible. And the Raiders have a chance to make new history because we're in Las Vegas. And the history in Oakland is deep. The history in L.A. is deep. And now there's got to be some history in Vegas in this brand-new market and everything that's going on. So I, I just hope that these guys get it right who are running football. And Tom Telesco hits a big home run in the draft via free agency, and we have the opportunity to talk about big things coming up here. Always like to talk... Golden Knights, and great to catch up with Dave Gosher, the great broadcaster, the Golden Knights TV voice, and I understand you're in a break, but I wanted to get you before you really enjoy this break here. What's your body clock and mindset like, Dave?
3: (laughs) No, it's good, JT. It's nice to actually, you know, the first half of the season was really, uh, you know, it's been a grind, to be honest with you, with, you know, a lot of travel, and I I think, uh, you know, for this team would certainly welcome the break. You know, I thought – when they hit Christmas that, you know, the, the holiday break probably came at a good time. And I kind of think the same for, for this, uh, you know, this all-star break by week for the team and for, you know, and for myself, you know, we were gone a week there on that trip right mm-hmm. before, um, right before all this. And, uh, you know, for a team that played until the middle of June and really has played a lot of hockey, if they haven't played the most games in the league, mm-hmm. I know they're right up there. I think this is uh a welcome break for everybody.
1: I want to go back to the Jersey game on the 22nd, the loss 6 5 in overtime where Cassidy really lit him up. I like that as a sports talk radio host. You like that sound, you like to remind everybody that the head coach, every once in a while, is going to make some noise and put everybody on alert. Then they beat the Islanders 3-2. The Ranger game was great because I was at the Ranger game here in Vegas where they blew out the Rangers and they blow them out in their building and that's a good game. But in that three-day span of that that group of games, Jersey, the two Long Island games and the Garden game, what did that do for the team?
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm with you, JT. Look, I, I think Bruce Cassidy, if if, uh, if nothing else, is always very honest. and And I love that. I think we love that. And for those of us that cover the team. And I think the message came across to, you know, with them to be able to bounce back the next night, um, probably still not at their best, but able to beat the Islanders. And then, uh, you know, going to, to Madison Square Garden to beat a, a Rangers team that was coming back home after a long road trip. Uh, but a good win for the Golden Knights against a team that's been one of the best in the, in the East and one of the best in the league all year. Uh, you know, the Detroit game, for them to fall behind two in the first and then come back and, and uh, tie it, only to see the lead evaporate. They they just didn't have another push again after they get down three to two. So, you know, what's that? They go two, one, and one on the trip, all mm-hmm. being equal, not bad. I mean, that's the trip last year. I'm sure you remember going into the mm-hmm. all-star break that they went east for three, well, it actually started in Arizona. And then they went, uh, you know, made the New York swing and, and lost all of them. So, you know, all in all, a much better swing this time around. And, you know, as we know, last year, JT, it was after the all-star break that this team really – Took off, and I guess we'll have to see here if history repeats itself.
1: Dave Ghosh is kind enough to join us. Uh, Chris Chapman's in studio with me today, and Chris, I was talking to you about you know growing up in Long Island uh, during the heyday of the Islanders. It was nothing like when teams came in and would have to go to Brendan Byrne. They'd have to go to the Garden and the Island. You were there on that trip, which is New York City. Peter Luger's. You're on the Island to see their new barn. What was that like for you? Well, I I I
0: really liked the Islanders. Arena. I thought it was really cool walking up in the press box and seeing the nostalgia and some of the history that they had up there. Plus, they had Mister Softy in the press box. So, uh, so I'm, am you know, being a being a Northeast guy, I was always a fan of of, of Mister Softy. But it was a really cool experience for me, my first time to travel to New York for games. I mean, grew up going to Ranger games with mm-hmm. my uncle who was a diehard Ranger fan back when they had guys like Guy Lafleur, Mark Messier. So, so a really cool experience to witness a game from the press box which is a really unique, and, and Dave, you could probably speak to just how unique of a press box it is at Madison Square Garden. Not sure that there's too many around the NHL like that.
3: Yeah, it's a heck of a lot better now, Chris, than it was in the, you know, I don't want to date myself, but back in the old days, you know, before they renovated the building and and spent a billion dollars, uh, I, I guess if you spent a billion, it should turn out good. <laughs> and uh, so, and they did it right. Uh, you know, I, I was saying to... Uh, I was saying to my partner in crime, Shane Knighty on mm. the road, I said, you know, I don't, we didn't do that game. It was an ESPN game. And I said, you know, I, every once in a while to, you know, to have a night off, is, is not the worst thing in the world, but I I wish we had had a chance to do the game at MSG because there's always a lot of there's great energy in that building, you yeah. know, and uh, it's uh, I, I love doing games there. You know, the other two, the first two on the trip, uh, Jersey, which is not that new anymore, but new enough, I guess at, uh, at the, at the rock there. And then, and then, um, you know, then at UBS and um, on the Island, I, I said on TV, especially in Jersey, uh, the, the game is being played in Newark. The press box is in Asbury park. We're not even remotely close <laughs> to the game. Like we could have been to the stone pony in Asbury park, but I get it. Nobody really cares about the schmuck announcers. It's all about the luxury suites and, you know, we're, we're spoiled in Vegas with a great spot, but uh, I always enjoyed that trip guys. I will tell you when you were there for it, Chris, I didn't see the sun for five days, and I couldn't wait to get back to the desert, and yeah. it's been great ever since.
0: Yeah, I think the last time we saw the sun was walking into the rink in Newark for morning skate <laughs> on Monday yeah. morning, and then we didn't see it. I, it came out a little bit as I was flying home on Saturday, but you guys, of course, flew to Detroit on Friday night, so you did not see it for,
1: for about a week.
3: It made itself very scarce. It did yes. for a week. Uh, uh, yeah, Dave
1: Dave Gosha joins us. One other thing on that East Coast road trip, which I love about hockey players Because we saw it here the opening year with the Vegas flu, and teams would come in, they'd have a night off, they're at the steakhouses, they're pouring heavy wine, they're, they're doing what they need to do. There is nothing like a West Coast hockey team going to New York and, Dave, knocking out all those games. I don't know what Mr. Foley must spend because he's so generous and the captains and the veterans, Petrangelo and Stone, but... Those are a lot of dinner tabs back to back to back when you're in at New Jersey, the Island in New York. And is there any group better than hockey players? I think they're better on the road than baseball, the NBA. There's nothing like a hockey dinner on the road, right?
3: Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, I I think those guys, you know, the other great part of that trip, JT, we probably should mention is, you know, we mentioned Bill Foley, the guys had a whole day at West Point, you know, which was, was phenomenal for them. And, uh, had a great time visiting with the hockey team there and all the cadets. And obviously the Stanley cup was on hand. So, you know, you throw that into the mix and, you know, it wasn't an overly taxing trip, right? They had back-to-back games, then two days and then back-to-back games. So yeah, they, what I love about making that trip is you can set up shop in one spot. You know, we stayed in Manhattan for, I guess it was five nights, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. You know, a lot of our trips, it's, all right, you go to Toronto, then you're in Ottawa, then you're in Boston, then you're in Buffalo. Like that's one we have, um, uh, coming up later this season. So Dave, it was great to be able to just, you know, unpack all your stuff, right, and and set up shop for a few days.
1: Dave Gosher, as we wrap it up, TV Voice of the Night. So where does the team stand? I said more as a fan. Uh, more as a fan. I didn't care what – I just want this team to be healthy. Going into the postseason, having everybody back. Shay Theodore. I know Carlson's coming off ready to go. Mark Stone last year during the shutdown had him perfectly for the stretch run to win the cup. Expectations are always, Dave, the one seed in the Western Conference, and Vancouver's been an interesting story. But let's look ahead after the break on what are some realistic expectations for the Golden Knights in their seeding.
3: Yeah, and I don't, you know it's funny, JT. I don't know if they'll get there this year in terms of the you know the top team in the West. Um, you know, as I mentioned last year, they I think they had the second best record in the league after the All Star break, only behind Edmonton. And it's funny when they even when they did clinch the top seed in the West it seemed like all they heard about was Edmonton and Colorado and Boston. And I get it, I guess, but I think they use that as, as a lot of motivation throughout the, uh, throughout mm-hmm. the postseason. So I think the number one goal and you hit it right on the head, can they get healthy last year? They did except for stone, but obviously he came back for the, the run to the cup in the playoffs. Um, you know, they started to get some guys back with Theodore and white cloud right around the all-star break. Um, can they do that this year? Their their list of injuries is long, and we all know who's on that list, including their top two centers and their best offensive defenseman. Um, you know, we'll see Aiden Hills come back and played well in his two games. Can they remain healthy in that department, which will be vital for their success down the road? So, uh, you know, I don't know if the one seed's in the cards for them this year. I'm not sure how much that matters. I think we kind of saw last year that if they can get the band back together, so to speak, um, and then be playing their best hockey when when April mid April rolls around. I think that's really all that matters for this group. They've got a we know they have a championship pedigree. You know they proved that last year, and and hopefully that'll uh, that'll play out for them again this year.
1: Lastly, Edmonton coming to town on the sixth during Super Bowl, and my phone's blowing up, and I reminded people. Forget the Super Bowl. When Edmonton comes to town, they do the largest 50-50 raffle because you don't have to be in the barn in Edmonton. You can do it on TV. Every time I come here, the jerseys that I see from Gretzky to Messier to McDavid, it's insane. Edmonton travels really well to Vegas, but you add in all the Super Bowl crowd in the media that's desperate for a credential and a ticket. I think that's going to be a wild night. Yeah, that
3: will be great, and I'll throw one other. I'll throw one other ingredient into the mix, JT. Okay. They're going to be looking to tie the NHL record with their 17th straight win. Right, that's their next game. They're going to try to tie Pittsburgh's record wow. back from 92, 93. So that's they're on the break now too, along with the Golden Knights. So that's their first game out of it. So, yeah, and again, I'm going to. I'll I'll throw in this caveat. I think it's a ESPN game or a ESPN Turner game, Plus. It,
1: ESPN yeah, Plus. Yeah,
3: ESPN Plus. Yeah. So Shane and I will be there. Uh, loitering in our friend's suite, probably, <laughs> and uh, and watching it. But no, I I think it's awesome. I think the atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, you're right. You know, now that the Oilers have really, I mean, they've more than turned their season around. I, I looked the other day just because I was curious. I think they're 27 and six since they yeah. made the uh, the coaching change, right to to Chris Nablock. So and obviously he ripped off 16 straight wins. So a lot on the line for him and uh, for them rather. And a uh, maybe you know, hopefully the Golden Knights can uh, spoil their bid to. To take a little chunk out of NHL history wow. come, uh, next Tuesday.
1: What a winning streak! What a winning streak for a team that's third in the Pacific. I, yeah, I mean, well, it th- shows you
3: how far they had to come back, right? I think they were two seven and one out of the gate, so they had a long, long way to come back.
1: Thanks, Dave. Good to catch up with you. I'll see you in the press box and at a couple of right. games coming up.
3: Pleasure as always, guys. Take,
1: take care, Dave Gosher, voice of the Golden Knights. We talk, we talk hockey on this show. I love talking hockey. I love the Golden Knights, the broadcast team. And When you're in a town, I was talking to my buddy Moj, he's coming in, Bob With he's coming in for Radio Row from Vancouver, and he covers the Canucks. And they they have great broadcasters, and New York does. Chris, I know you could say this honestly. I think if you add in Lawless and Duva, Shane Knighty and what Dave does, everything they have— on their whole entire broadcast team, I think it's arguably the best, especially yeah. with Duva and Lawless on the on the play-by-play call. Ryan, what he does pre and post. It's a really high-end, top hockey broadcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone from Darren Millar, and I'll throw Ashley Vice in yes, there. She, you absolutely. know what, I'm, I'm in media scrums with her all the time. She's really good at good. what she does, and uh, definitely got to give a shout-out to her. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're lucky here because we have people who not only have been around the game. I mean, Dan Duva, you talked to him, he's been around – he was going to practice it with with the Devils when he was, like, five years old with his dad. Right. So he's been around the rink his whole life, basically. You know, he he, he was a Syracuse guy and, and was the Syracuse Crunch. But, right. yeah, great, great broadcasting we've got here. They're, they're all really, really good at what they do.
1: They are good. So for next week during Super Bowl, you know, a couple of people are, what parties are in town? What's going on? Well, there's a hockey game on Tuesday. That's a big deal because a lot of the media here... You know, media night on Monday night, T-Mobile, you get to see Patrick Mahomes, all this. And then it's going to be fights, but U2's in town. And how about Dead & Company just announced a 14-run show over at the Sphere after that. So U2, I think, other than the Super Bowl game, is the biggest thing that's happening. Anybody who has a ticket to U2 next week, you hit the lottery with that. Uh, Thanks again to Dave Gosher. When we come back, uh, Levi Edwards at the bottom of the hour on some of the Raider needs. Uh, Let's get the phones pumping. I said Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix. Who's the best quarterback prospect if the Raiders don't trade up? You don't have to trade up to get those two if they stay there. Are you more interested in Bo Nix out of Oregon or Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington? 702-365-9200.
0: Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by the Black
1: Hole. Become a member of football's most notorious fans. Love what the Black Hole's doing. Love what the Black Hole's doing. Appreciate everything they do for us, our proud partner. They got new gear in. So level up your Raider gear with the Black Hole jacket patch. You can get the patch and put it on any gear you want. Or you can get the varsity jacket like I have. You can get it now by going to theblackhole.com. Become a member of the Black Hole. They got the big signing, Jack Jones at Flanker. There's a lot of big events coming up here. So be, become an exclusive member. If you're going to be a Raider fan, you might as well be a member of the Black Hole. It's a hell of an introduction and a hell of a group to be associated with. This isn't one of these, like, back. remember back in the day, I'm going to sign up and get 10 CDs and get my 11 one for free if I become a member. This isn't that. This is becoming a member of the Black Hole. I would encourage everybody to do it. I've been a member of the Black Hole my whole Raider life. It changes your life and your fan experience, no debate, especially the work they do with our other partner, Modelo, and what Modelo and the Black Hole got lined up for this show. I can't thank him enough. Uh, Raider Mike in Vegas, appreciate you holding. You're up next. Go ahead.
4: How you been, JT?
1: Doing good, thank you. Appreciate it.
4: Anyway, uh, I'm a huge Pac-12 guy. Grew up Mm -hmm. a Duck fan. And to show you how unbiased I am, I've got a Black – sweatshirt on with a giant yellow O in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and that would still take Penix. Yeah. He's got a prettier, deeper ball. Um, he, he seems smarter with his throws. Mm-hmm. Not as an interception prone as, as Nick's. Um, Nick's, though, is so close to, to Penix, I, I wouldn't mind either one.
1: Yeah, I think that's the way I said it, too, Mike, is that if the Raiders stay at 13 and end up getting Penix or Knicks, I'm good with either one of them. I'm I'm not going to see here. It's not Ryan Leaf versus Peyton Manning. It's not Jamarcus Russell versus the next quarterback that year who I forget was the second quarterback. I'll look. But I think either way, I I like the size and the grit and the toughness of Bo Nix a lot. And the
4: experience.
1: And the experience. I, I don't love the age of both these guys, quite honest with you. I think they stuck around a long time. I'm not a fan of that of their age, but I'm only looking for the Raiders for the next three to five years to win a Super Bowl and develop a star quarterback, and, and I think both those guys are young enough. Could, they could have a big impact.
4: Now, lastly, mm-hmm. Chiefs or Niners, I, I'm i with you. I hate both teams. I grew up in the Bay, moved to, uh, to uh, L.A. and uh, mm-hmm. watched my A's get blasted by uh, Gibson. Right. And we killed the uh, Giants and the Giants' as rivalry. We mm-hmm. just, we don't like each other. Yeah, I know that. We cannot have a dynasty. The Muppet King cannot rise, especially in our building.
1: I would agree so with you on that. I, I
4: gotta just leave it at that. Oh, well, we have, you. thank
1: you, man. Appreciate it. I don't call Mahomes the Muppet King, but uh, you can. I I don't call him. I am not. <laughs> I don't call him that. But my son told me. I should do something pretty cool just for for me, but put it up for everybody. I've done 26 radio rows, and this will be my 26th. The COVID year we didn't go. So my my son told me the other day, he goes, "Dad, where, you have pictures of you and Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech." And he's right. I I did interviews with Mahomes, his rookie year on Radio Row. Yeah, how important is that picture for me now? And it's somewhere buried in Facebook and buried in a still shot somewhere, but. You know, I, I interviewed Kirk Cousins from Radio Row when he got let go. and by the he got, It was amazing. He got It was the week where he, Washington was bringing him in. And he, we did two interviews on Radio Row, and he was the quarterback of two different teams. And some of the good interviews that I have, one of my most famous interviews that had the biggest impact on my career at Radio Row was Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, I interviewed him after he won the Heisman, and he came in, and it was one of the nicest interviews I've ever had, ever. That's why I always thought Jameis would be a good fit for the Raiders. Because I always loved Jameis Winston. Everyone said, talked about stealing crab legs and all that. He made a mistake in college. I made more mistakes than Jameis Winston did in college. I promise you. And was one of the nicest gentlemen I ever interviewed. And then from interviewing e- T- Joe Montana, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, you get a chance to talk to these people and meet them one-on-one in a space like that. We'll see who shows up. We're shooting for big names, and I know that Q's putting together a whole deck of all the interviews that we're going to have from the morning tailgate into my show, into Q's show, Uh, the celebrities, everybody who's going to be out there. And then on top of that, there's going to be a lot of good information coming in on what we're doing at the Raiders booth because the Raiders are going to have their own set there. And I'll be doing interviews with Eddie Pascal, Amber Theo Harris will be there, James Jones. There's going to be a lot of Raider content on the YouTube channel and Raiders.com that I'm proud to be a part of. So with all of that, we're going to have some pretty good coverage coming in. Uh, Levi Edwards, kind enough to join us now as we get going here from the Raider facility. Levi, good to talk to you as we are on OC alert. uh, Reports a lot of OC candidates have been in the building the last 7 to 10 days.
5: There definitely has. You can 100% tell that there is a sense of, I don't want to necessarily say the word urgency but they're doing their due diligence with this decision they realize how important it is and it's not something that they're trying to rush together and string along to try to you know do something now they want the best guy available because they want to get this offense in the right direction and i really respect it you know not Mm -hmm. trying to to rush after getting one person you know you you need to take your time and make a decision you know ap joked about what twenty four points he needs to make sure he does the the, the, the right call and the due diligence and to get his twenty four points a game that he wants.
1: Yeah, that's interesting to me because what happens when you wait this long is you could lose your candidate. But they technically know who they're gonna get or not. They talk to the agents, they interview them, they let them know they're interested. And before maybe a candidate would take another job, he he might tell the Raiders, Hey, I got an offer. I I don't know exactly how that works here, but they've taken their time along with some other teams. What do you think of the news of Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson staying put? Because he's probably the biggest head coaching candidate other than Jim Harbaugh. He's an OC. He's staying in Detroit. And I think when you look at the deck chairs and who's going to move, I think this is a huge story with who's going to be left to call plays that are still available for the Raiders.
5: Yeah, no, that definitely, uh, in terms of looking at the NFL world in general, him not going after uh, the commander's role or the Seahawks role. That was, you know, really huge. He, you know, he knew himself, he knew his worth to quote Drake. And also the the fact of the matter is is that the Detroit Lions were, you know, a, a good second half away from being in the Super Bowl next weekend or this weekend. So it's, it's one of those things where he's staying put. And it also is another candidate that, you know, is off the list. In terms of you know what you know who could go where and what staffs are going where and all this you know all of this nature, I really do believe that there's still a lot of quality candidates left. Even with you know Ben Johnson now being another guy off the off the list of, of what you could do, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that want this job in particular because of the fact that the Raiders went eight and nine last year with a rookie quarterback playing the whole second half of the year. So you, if you can come in and you can put together a good plan and also bring in another quarterback or mm-hmm. also put together a solid plan to develop Aiden O'Connell behind center, then you you really don't have to do a lot of work. And when you, know, you look at these other jobs that are opening up and these other opportunities, it's, uh, you know, look at the commanders for an example. The commanders, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is a complete rebuild of a team. Whereas the Raiders is one or two positions away from being a playoff team on
1: offense, in my opinion. Levi Edwards is our guest. Yeah, that's a big deal. So I know that there's going to be some news coming out of the Senior Bowl. You'll be writing and talking about it, and I know you're watching that from Vegas here. But really unique because last year, I recall, I'm pretty positive Patrick Graham was the head coach down at the Senior Bowl, and that had a big difference on the Raiders and their impact and who they were able to look at and finding some players, Trey Tucker, and all of that. What's the importance of this week down there for Tom Telesco and staff and the scouts who were there and the importance of their first-round pick overall but the depth of the draft coming after that?
5: What I've, what I've noticed so far is depth at offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that's a position that the Raiders did not go after last year in the draft uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and, and allegedly from you know sources coming out and saying certain things, it's a position that they want to go after in the draft. But, you know, there was times where there was a guy or two that they wanted that just didn't fall to where they would like and they couldn't trade up. So I believe that while you do have a solid starting offensive line uh, that's going to be returning, you have a lot of guys that are going to be, you know, their their contract is about to expire and you're probably going to want to bring in more depth, maybe get a little younger. So I believe when you look at that, Offensive line group that's down there in Mobile this weekend, as well as the fact that you have guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix and Joe Milton, who's a sleeper quarterback to look at from Tennessee. Very, you know, very solid dual threat option. You look at those two position groups, and I believe that that's probably where the Raiders are probably most looking at in terms of what are they trying to get out of Mobile, as well as the defense. You know, obviously Patrick Graham, he's going to want. You know the, the the most stacked defense that he can get, and you know they definitely took a lot of swings that you know at that position mm-hmm. group, in the defensive unit last year from him being there. So, you know you can also look to see if they're going to go at interior defensive line, corner things of that things of that nature.
1: Levi Edwards is our guest. Yeah, that's important. I threw out a topic today to the Raider Nation. Want to get their responses on Twitter at JT the Brick at JT the Brick on Twitter. Which candidate do you like potentially at quarterback if he's there, Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix? You and I were able to see them. They played here in the last ever Pac 12 game in the Pac 12 championship. They're very similar in a way, but not. Uh, Penix is a deep ball thrower, and I think the Raiders need a deep ball thrower. But look, I don't know what Devontae wants. Devontae might not want a rook that's going to take three years to break in. He's got Aiden O'Connell there and Cousins and all of that. When you're writing this off season. You're going to be looking at the quarterback situation. Is one of the dividing lines for you going to be a veteran added in or a quarterback that you don't have to trade up really high for and give up two first-round picks?
5: Well, I actually have a funny story because you mentioned the Pac-12 championship game. So one of my best friends growing up that I've known since second grade, his younger brother was the starting kicker for the Oregon Ducks. And he's been there for four years now, I believe four or five years with the COVID re, you know, redshirt. So we watched that game. Obviously, you know, I'm going for the Ducks because, you know, that's my boys' team. Uh, and even watching that game and how crazy it was, Bo Nix, he made a lot of really key plays down the stretch. You know, and I noticed that uh, definitely was someone that started to play better as the pressure started getting put on him. And that's a trait that you want at the NFL quarterback. But, man. There were some throws that Michael Penix was making in that game where you just look, and and both me and my friend were just in the stands. We just stopped and said, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He's that kind of quarterback where he just makes you stop and be like, damn, like, he, he's got that kind of arm. And so a lot of people, when you look at Bo Nix and you look at Michael Penix, the, the big knock on them is going to be their age where people probably want a younger quarterback that's going to – you know, you're going like, to get a little bit more shelf life out of a Michael Penix has his injury issues that he had at Indiana and even, you know, the uh, certain stages at, at Washington. But what I would say is put, put on the game film. Mm-hmm. I think A lot of scouts and evaluators look too much at, you know, at what could be instead of what was. And these are two quarterbacks that produced a lot in college. And you saw it on film and you saw that they played in a lot of big games and 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 that's something that you would want. So, obviously, um, if you're Mm -hmm. not going to trade up to get a quarterback, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to get one of the big three, I would definitely say that these two guys are very viable candidates at 13. I would say just in terms of NFL arm talent, I would say Michael Penix has a little bit of an edge over Bo Nix. However, I do commend the the competitiveness that Bo Nix plays with on top of the fact that he plays for two – big-time, big-conference, you know, like programs. where mm-hmm. Auburn in the SEC, that's no that's no slap on the wrist program. No. They, they, he has to play some dogs there, you feel me? So both quarterbacks really good. If you don't trade up, you could definitely take one of them at 13. But also there's a lot of other guys that you can look at later in the draft, and then you also have Aiden O'Connell still in that room that could develop as well.
1: You got it. Bo Nix is 23 years old. Born February 25th, 2000, he turns 24. Not a problem, right? I think Panic's the same thing. 24-year-old's out of college. I got a 22-year-old at home working his butt off who's been out of college for a year. Uh, You're not concerned about a guy in his mid-20s starting his career as a rookie quarterback? I'm not because they all play past 35 now up to 40, so that's not an issue.
5: Not necessarily, and it's funny that you mentioned that, JT. Because I remember, like, I saw both of these guys play when I was in college because they were, yeah. they were both true starters, They were both true freshman starters. So I remember being, you know, in my sophomore, junior year of college, watching these guys play. And JT, I've been out of school for four years now. <laughs> I, know. I graduated in nineteen. So these dudes have been in college for a long yes, time. They have uh, been. So it's uh, it's wild, but. With, the, with how modern technology is, mm-hmm. yeah. you, know, you have all these people that are NFL-level talents that take care of their bodies a, a lot differently than players did 10, 20 years ago, right. where you have people that are investing in you know, mm. nutritionists and personal chefs and trainers right. and doing everything it takes to give them a physical edge to where now you have an older guy coming in. I wouldn't really necessarily say it's a, a setback because of age, obviously injury issues is is always going to be a concern, but these guys, you know, and even back then, you know, Roger Starback, you know, he came in the league when he was damn near 30 years old and became a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, you know, it's not something that, you know, you can really necessarily evaluate as being a knock against them. You just have to take what you saw on film and, you know, Mm -hmm. see what you can get out of that.
1: Yep. Appreciate it, my friend. A lot of work you got coming up. I'll be looking at it all. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you from Radio Row at the Super Bowl next week.
5: For sure, man. I'm looking forward to it, JT. Thank you.
1: Take care. Levi Edwards. I'm sure he's going to play a big part of what's going on Super Bowl week. Uh, We put Levi on because he's inside the building. He writes. He's at press conferences. Like all the individuals we have on our insider network here. All right, final segment of the show, 702-365-9200 before Q comes in. We warm up the crowd for Q's big show. He's coming up, and then he'll tell you about what we're doing on Radio Row coming up, which will be exciting. We're brought to you by Resorts World, Doghouse Saloon, a great place to watch the Super Bowl and just get on property at Resorts World Super Bowl week. Star-studded concerts, celebrities, all at Resorts World. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by P.T.'s, the best happy hour
0: in town, 5 to 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m.
1: Thanks to Magnum who filled in today for Bobby. Bobby will be back here tomorrow. We appreciate that. And then got a big show on Thursday. I don't even know what day it is. I'm serious. That's what it's like on Radio Row next week. Harry Ruiz in for me on Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. We're live from the Mandalay Bay Convention Center on Radio Row. That's going to be a lot of fun. Monday, Tuesday night, I broadcast from the big Sirius XM stage, 4 to 7 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. And then a week from Friday, I'm inviting all of you, you guys, as they say, and gals from Goodfellas, I'm inviting all of you to come to our remote at Caesars. You'll love the location. Right outside, right off the front entrance, Cafe Americana. We had a big remote there in the past with the black hole. And that'll be a great place to come, have some Modellos with me, my Bucket of Modello party, it's called. That'll be on the Friday of Super Bowl week. Right outside, hopefully it'll be a 70-degree, 65-degree blue sky day because we're going to get some rain early in the week. We're going to have some Mount Charleston snow coming in, this new atmospheric – what do you think of that, Magnum, when they talk about now these atmospheric rivers? You and I grew up back east – they never had that term. That term wasn't around the 1800s and the 1900s. When they come up with that, and they're right, when those atmospheric rivers come, it causes chaos from California <laughs> to back east.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a phrase that I certainly never grew up with. No. And, and, I mean, there's so many changes when it comes to, like, the the lexicon and weather. Like, yeah. I mean, we grew up with cold fronts and, and, and warm fronts, and that was basically the extent of my meteorology knowledge. But, yeah, I like it atmospheric rivers what was it what's the other one? arctic arctic blast, blast. yeah that's yeah, a no. good one too i listen we were talking about the other day someone and i about when the challenger exploded mm-hmm. and i remember and you were probably you know mm-hmm. you probably remember vividly yeah. as well how cold it was in the northeast i was in grade school and yeah, I, remember I remember how remember cold that. it was but like they didn't use Arctic Blast on, on Channel 3, NBC. <laughs> like they, the, the weather guy wasn't saying that. You want to hear an Al Roker with yes. Arctic Blast?
1: No doubt. Speaking of TV, shout out to our TV newsmen that we have, especially Dana Wagner, who listens to the show. I'm going to see Dana Wagner at a great event this weekend, which I'm proud to hang out with Dana. He's unbelievable. Chris Matthews. I call him the dean of the newsmen from News 8. And then we got our Fox 5 guys, Kevin Vollinger and... Uh, Vince Sapienza, some of the newsmen that we have on the show here. Let's see which one is listening to the show and quickly at, can tweet at me. Will they, that's a good contest to have for a Modelo. Who will be the first newsman to tweet at me at JT the Brick? Dana Wagner, Chris Matthews, Vince Sapienza, or Kevin Bollinger. They're all on TV. They're big TV guys. They do a great job here. We have a great newspaper here in town. I always give shout outs to Vinny and Ed Graney and the writers here. Man, I love that newspaper. Love the newspaper here in the coverage here. Saw it off. you're up next on the flagship of the writers. Go ahead.
6: Hey, you guys can hear me?
1: I can hear you fine. Go ahead.
6: All right, perfect. Hey, um, I don't know. I uh, I I think that first pick, I mean we've notoriously missed on the first pick for many, many years. And I'm a really big draft guy. I love looking at tape. I love studying people. You know, and and all their attributes and everything, and I don't know uh, your question about Bo Nix and mm. Michael Penix Jr. I just think Bo Nix, like I don't, mm. I, he he reminds me of Derek Carr so much, even just the, the, his the yeah, mechanics, does. his stats, the way he plays. He, and I don't want another Derek. Carr well, like he's it, a lot. Don't. Hold
1: on, he's a lot bigger and stronger. And Derek, oh, yeah, dad, Derek, Derek, three. Yeah, Derek was a big was a big time quarterback in this league, multiple Pro right. Bowls. Uh, But Bo Nix is bigger than Derek and runs with more violence and a lot better of a runner than Derek. So, you know, that's not a slight to Derek. They're different quarterbacks. Maybe Derek uh, is a much better touch and and pocket passer than Bo Nix.
6: I I think he is. And, you know, um, I think Derek, he he chooses his passes a little bit better than Bo Nix does. Bo Nix has a tendency to try to win the game with Mm -hmm. one big throw, and that comes with a lot of reliability. Now, going to Michael Penix. That guy has a big arm. I'm not sure if he's going to hold up well. He's the same size. He's 6'3", you know, 215, 214. Um, I just don't like the way he crumbles under pressure. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way he can't win the big games.
1: Crumble under under pressure? They were undefeated and lost in the national championship game. What do you mean crumbling Uh, under pressure? All those comebacks? But if you watch watch more tape on, on Pennix Jr.,
6: like, he's not in the game the whole 100%. He falls out, he disappears, he comes back, and I just think he had a great team. Now, my thing with a first-round pick, I would, I would rather go with some big, ugly, nasty man right in the middle. I'd rather go with a defensive tackle like Jerzon Newton or Devontre Sweat or somebody ugly and mean that's going to affect the other team's quarterback, every single play. I mean, he's going to make an impact on the game every snap. Somebody ugly Mm -hmm. that can complement, you know, our defensive ends, which are coming. I mean, they're coming around. Um, I think I would wait till J.J. McCarthy. I like J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Okay, fair. Um, That guy, he's a really talented guy. Mm -hmm. And I think quarterback has, has got to be intelligent, an intelligent man. Be able to make the right Yeah, season, uh, uh, hold
1: on. Saw it off, right uh, off. I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, Chris, yeah. let's go. Uh, I don't agree with you when you said you're saying has to be an intelligent man. Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix are intelligent men. That's a slight. You're, you're saying you watch the film and you like J.J. McCarthy and it has to be intelligent. Please. You didn't realize you did it. That's a slight at Michael Penix and Bo Nix for not being intelligent. Let me leave you on this, and I know that Hugh Jackson – was in the room for an OC interview. And when you look at all the people that have interviewed, Hugh Jackson, uh, obviously what we're going to see from Alex Van Pelt is a name I like. I like all the names. Cliff Kingsbury. Everybody there. You know, and there's courtesy interviews. Let me make this point. There's courtesy interviews. Courtesy. Come in. Wink, wink. For a sit down. You're, you're not getting the job. We will interview you as a courtesy to you. I'll leave it at that. When it comes to whoever they're going to draft a quarterback, it's the job of the offensive coordinator, the passing game coordinator, and the quarterback coach who's usually the same guy to coach the kid up. Okay? You're not judging him completely by college. You know, My favorite player by far is Caleb Williams. I think he's Mahomes. I really do. If I'm wrong, you know where to find me. He's Mahomes. He was better than Mahomes in college. No argument. Please don't ever argue that. You'll sound silly. So Caleb Williams... Last year with Lincoln Riley, the defense at USC was a mess. I think it's a fair criticism. Was the kid looking forward to the NFL more than the USC season? Fair. He's not a bad kid. All the bad rumors that came out about him saying he wants ownership. Do you believe that some people on the internet said that Caleb Williams said he wants ownership in a team if he's drafted? People believe that garbage. They believe TikTok. That never happened. That was never true. Kid won the Heisman Trophy, the highest honor you could ever have for a trophy in amateur athletics. He's got an Olympic gold medal, and he, he's going to be too expensive. They're going crazy in Denver because someone put out a rumor that Denver's going to trade up to go get him. I don't know how they're going to do that. They have to eat that Russell Wilson contract. There's a lot of stupidity going out on the Internet, everybody. I'm really comfortable in this Raiders hire because Mark Davis has taken his time. He knew he had AP. AP was a lock. Okay, everybody? AP was a lock. Patrick Graham is now getting consideration to be a head coach. Do you know why they hired Patrick Graham away from the Giants? Because they knew he'd get consideration to be a head coach. Patrick Graham had a big year. Now they need to get an OC. If the OC is a former head coach, I'd really like that because then you'd have Tom Coughlin, Marvin Lewis, Antonio Pierce, If Cliff Kingsbury, former head coach, is in the building, all of a sudden Patrick Graham, future head coach, Edgar Bennett, the Raiders coaching staff could be really, really strong. I think it's strong already, but the hiring of the O.C. is going to be big. Thanks to the ticket broker, Johnny Mack. J-Mac Tickets, Google it. He knows the Super Bowl market as good as anyone. Levi Edwards, Dave Gosher, who's kind enough to join us with VGK as they take their rest. Q's coming up next. He's got a big show as always. Thanks to all of our proud partners. Every partner of ours will be a partner of ours on Radio Row next week. We got 14 of them now. We're all going to be part of our coverage, and we're going to give them a lot of love and give back for what they've done for us. Have a great rest of the day. I'm going to produce the JT and Looney podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'll have that out tonight, and then get ready for a great weekend.